everyone, hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And folks, it's been a while, but we have yet another edition of your favorite show. You're probably absolutely correct with Judd. And actually, Judd is joining us from the mountain zone region of uh, the country. And, and Judd, I wrote a song. Uh, I wrote a song specifically <laughs> okay. for this. Here we go. <clears throat> You're probably absolutely correct. You're probably correct, absolutely correct. Although you might not be so correct, we'll never know unless we work it all out. Let's talk it over. Let's see what your point of view is, and I'll tell you if I think you're correct as well. And then you can tell me, well, I think you're wrong, but you're probably absolutely correct. Everyone's got a point of view. What's yours? Here's mine. Everybody's got something to do. Let's talk about shit. (laughs) That is the theme song to our show. You got yours. Yeah, it took me a while. It took hours and hours. Uh, So welcome to the show again, Judd. Nice to have you. Thank you. Uh, it's wonderful to be here. Like, I mean, that kind of introduction, man, nothing fires me up more than a shitty jingle. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm, I'm looking at this soundboard. I'm like, hey, there's a song I can play and let's do it. I think it was awesome. It kind of reminded me, it was like a new take on Different Strokes, the theme song for Different Strokes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know what? You know what that's I mean? the next time. Same context. Same context, a little more punk. Yeah, a little bit more punk. That's right, exactly. More of a hard edge, almost like that early 90s, you know, grunge edge. So let's see what's on the docket. Do you have any topics? Would you like me to start? I I feel like I should give you the first opportunity because you're the guest. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm open to starting. I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about where we're at, like, where we're at from a sports worship point of view. Oh. Okay? Because um, there's something, you know, I've been watching, or actually, not sports worship, but just like, I don't know, just like sport, sports from a, are we tired of, of it yet or not, right? Because there's a lot of things I think that are happening that are weird from a sports worship point of view. Like, you're a sports fan, I'm a sports fan, we both like certain sports. Yep. I'm getting kind of tired of the bullshit um, that surrounds the sports world. But maybe maybe it might be a couple different people, or it might be you know the greed or whatever it is. But I feel like the fun's being sucked out of things. And and I'll give you a couple examples. Please. One is like I'm not a massive baseball fan, but I'm a I'm a passionate Red Sox fan because you know being from New England, you know it's kind of like in your blood, and it's yeah. it's that you know. You know, you know what the weather's going to be, and you know who the starting pitcher is going to be. You know during the summer, and for the Red Sox, right? Absolutely. But geez, but you know, it's like I don't know. I know everybody wants to get paid, but the, the, the latest bullshit with Major League Baseball really kind of bummed me out because there's a work stoppage. Nobody's going to spring training. The time on tradition is done. You know, everybody's got their hand in their own pocket. They're trying to put it in somebody else's pocket, and in the end, it's like. Okay, the fans always get the, the, the short end of the stick. Yeah. And and so now, like, the first, what, month is gone of, of the season. Maybe they don't need 182 games. Fine. But, like, what I think, what I think about baseball, I'm like, 
for years, all they keep talking about is that you're going to lose fans because the game is too long and it's not a modern game and there's not enough young kids watching it. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like it goes a fucking way, you know, and it makes you think like, okay, the custodians of the game are really custodians for themselves. Yeah. And, you know, you're just losing people, man. You're just like my, my enthusiasm for opening day is gone. And I might not even give a shit about the rest of the season, you know? So it really kind of bums me out in a way. I, I feel like, ah, fuck it. I'm not even going to watch. Well, you know, I, I feel that. I, I have to be honest. I'll probably still watch, but I, I shared that lack of enthusiasm. And I think it's more than it's more than just baseball. Baseball is highlighted now because of the work stoppage and because of all the bullshit. But it's really every sport. And it's gone from, I mean, think about when we used to go see the Red Sox play back in the day, it was like, there was passion there. Like those guys were playing because they love the game. The, the people were there because they love the, the, the atmosphere of Fenway. And it's totally different. I mean, I hate to use the overused expression, the pink hats, but that whole stadium <laughs> is filled with people that aren't there because they know how to keep score on a, on a program or because they're hoping to see, you know, a guy from the minor league come up. They're there because it's what they do before they go out to the clubs or before they go out to a date or, you know, it's just it's not the same for a lot of reasons. And shit like this, the greed, it all comes down to money. I had a uh, high school teacher, Cal Scarponi, one of my favorite teachers, Portsmouth High School, go Clippers. And he he taught a a class called Sports Lit. And our our textbook was every Friday we get the Sports Plus for Boston Globe. That was our textbook. And he started the class the first day. He's like, what's your favorite sport? You know, football, basketball, blah, blah. He's like, well, all of them are the same. They're all money ball. And back then in like 1987, I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? But when you think about it, every single sport, the only driver is money. And it's big, huge hedge fund money. And anytime that you bring that much money into anything, it doesn't matter what sport it is, you start losing some of that you know, uh, emotion and that realness and authenticness. I, again, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to be a Sox fan. I'll always be a Sox fan and I'll fucking watch and I'll probably go to Fenway, but I'm with you. It's definitely losing some of its luster. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a purist. I'm not any of that kind of thing. I'm not yeah. even that hardcore. I just enjoy, you know, the romantic notions of the pastime and the summer. And, you know, maybe you and I are spoiled because, you know, growing up in New England, it was Red Sox games. And go and sit in the bleachers on a hot Saturday afternoon and having a beer. And, you know, back then, read, maybe reading the, uh, you know, uh, the Gammon's Notebook in the Boston Globe. All that stuff to me feels like, you know, like comfort food in a way. Yeah. You know, it's like, ah, oh, man, that's a good time. You can't go wrong. And it just sucks that. You know, it's always a business. It's always been a business, but right. it just sucks when the, the the business thing starts to disrupt the, you know, uh, the the passion that people have. And and I think that over time, it just slowly kind of seeds. You know, it, it opens the door for people to just kind of you know walk out, you know, and not be a fan. And I think that's just baseball. Like I don't know, you know, everybody's got to get paid, and, and everybody wants to be treated fair and all yeah. that good stuff. The owners need to make money. They're putting up a lot of cash, whatever. But like, it's not just baseball, like the no. football. And I, I got to say the NFL season, I don't think I've paid attention to the NFL as much as I did this past season. It was really entertaining, especially when the end of the season happened and the playoffs up until the Super Bowl, which was boring. But like, it was a really entertaining game. And, 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 and you know, watching, watching the end of the season and the playoffs, I'm like, holy shit, man, this really is 
the sport for America. This yeah. is like, this is, this drives, this, this has an impact on cultures, like pockets of it. If not, you know, there's an awareness of what's happening Absolutely. in football. But like, you know, just shit like, uh, you know, what's his name uh, for the Packers? Rogers, Aaron Rodgers. Like, I'm so tired of hearing him whine. Like, he is such a needy guy. You know, he's so needy. And, and, and like, everything about this past season has been, look at me, look at me, look at me. And you can stand on one side of the fence and say, hey, look, he's just trying to get paid. On the other hand, you go, God, you know, stop it. You know, you're yeah. talking about yourself. Everything's politicized. You know, you know you're, it just seems like you're really motiv- motivated by your own self-interest. And it's, you know, constantly about money. And he just got 50, uh, 50 million bucks a year, you know, and it's kind of like, I'm, I'm just tired of that, man. I'm yeah. bored of it. It's no, kind of taking the fun out of it. He went from, uh, you know, a, a top flight quarterback, which he still is on the field. And somebody who yeah. was kind of like cool as shit. And like, he had the, you know, uh, he was like the, the top admin for state farm and blah, blah, blah. He went from that to the most annoying athlete on the face of the planet in like a year. And it's just, I wish the athletes would just be athletes. That's all. Just go play the sport. That's it. I don't need the commentary on everything else. I don't need your reasons why, you know, it's just like you got a, especially now with the backdrop of what's happening in the world. It's like you got the best life in the world. If you're on an NFL roster at any position, fucking long snapper, place kicker, punter, backup quarterback, backup fucking safety. It doesn't matter you are automatically better off than most people on the planet. So just enjoy, be ready to receive positive. And that, that guy's, he's rubbed me the wrong way too. But now you know, I'm, a, I'm a Raiders fan and I got to really quickly say, I, oh, yeah. and as annoying as he is, I had uh, a fucking, the, our number one draft pick from two years ago, drove his car 154 miles an hour oh, yeah. into another car, killed somebody. Uh, you know, he's never going to play again. He'll never get out of jail. Um, but I'd almost rather have that than Aaron Rodgers. Ha. Huh. Wow. Okay. That's a statement. Well, you, you know, know and, and, the, and the other, and what you said about like, Hey, just be an athlete and all that. It doesn't mean people can't have an, people. We're all humans. You're going to have an opinion. That's okay. That's right. But it feels like sometimes it's just like, where's the humility? You know, like it doesn't, if you're trying to get more money, then go in the room, have a conversation with the people that that are going to be able to dole it out to you and sort it out that way. Like every day, dragging everybody through the mud in the media or just like dragging the whole thing out in the media. And like, you know, you're, you know that you're commanding the attention. You know, you're dropping the sound bite. You're like caught up in the media whore aspect of it. There just, are no more Steve I, Grogan's in the world. Remember well, Steve fucking Grogan playing with a goddamn neck brace on horse collar with a horse collar. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But then again, Steve Grogan never won anything, you know. So this is true. I don't know. This is true. But uh, you know, and then and then I don't know, man. Like, and then you got people like uh, Antonio Brown who lost his shit, Holy took Moses. off his clothes, and like, like that is the craziest thing. If that happened in high school, you'd be kicked off the team, you know, or you know what I mean? It, like. It, that that in and of itself is again such a selfish move, and whether or not that guy's nuts or not, kind of doesn't matter. To do that on national type, you know, national TV, that game is televised somewhere, and then you know, just like walk out your teammates, take your shirt off, <laughs> your whole patch, and just leave, <laughs> and then blame it on everybody else. It's just like crazy town. It's like, and here's, you know the, here's the scariest part about Antonio Brown. <clears throat> he's so fucking crazy, but he's more good he's at football than he is crazy, and some yeah. team is going to need a yeah. wide receiver 
and they're going to sign that fucking crazy bastard to a contract. It's going to happen. Yeah, it is. And, you know, maybe these guys got a lot of pressure and it gets them. I don't know. But, you know, they also are making like lots and lots of money. Yeah. And they're putting their body on the line. I know it's a sacrifice. But, you know, there's a lot of other players out there that are really, you know, humble and, you know, uh, uh, enduring the same kind of like season and injuries and, and maybe making, you know, similar money, right, in the, yeah. in the multiple, multiple millions. But, you know, just acting in a more humble way. And um, I don't know, man. I, 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 I think – it's just becoming more and more pervasive throughout all the sports, you know, like even the Lakers. I'm so sick of hearing about the oh Lakers. Like God. when they signed all these old people and they all took pictures of each other and said, we're going to show you the league and all this bullshit. And they are bad. I mean, that is like, it's smoked. embarrassing how yeah. bad these people are, yeah. you know? And, 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 you know, every night LeBron James has a comment and he's very full of himself and all that shit. And it's just kind of getting old. And then, you know, I don't know, man you know, about Tom Brady, but Uh-oh. like Tom Brady comes out of retirement yep. and you know, I like, I like Tom Brady. We're new England people. We grew up with Tom Brady. I like when he went to Tampa, there's some stuff I like about Tom Brady in that, you know, like the guys, you got to He's got nothing left to prove. He's the greatest football player there ever was, but why does he keep coming back? You know, is it ego? I don't know. He doesn't seem like the ego guy. Maybe he is. You know, I don't know. I watched that whole series on him on ESPN, whatever it's called, Man in the Theater or whatever it's called. But Man um, in the Arena. Man in the Arena. And and but like, I don't know if people think maybe he's a cheater, all that stuff. But just as a like a human, you look at that guy and you go, what a competitive drive. You know, he eliminates all excuses. You know what I mean? It's like. He left New England, goes to Tampa, says, I'm going to go make it happen. He actually does. He, like, the guy removes all excuses. He just says, I'm going to go here to compete. I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. And I'm going to do it in a re- kind of a respectful manner, meaning he hasn't really, you know, I don't know, run off a field half naked. No, no, he's right? a true or, professional. Or, he really is. But, you know, like, you kind of go, all right, is there one guy left? Is, is the only guy that's left had to leave the sport and come back in? You know, like, <laughs> What's well, going on here? It's funny. We were just talking about this at work today. So I, I'm surrounded by Pats fans. It's fucking nauseating. And um, we were talking about why is he coming back? So to your point, he's considered the, the greatest of all time already. He's got more Super Bowl rings than anybody else. He's got records. He's like he has cemented his place in terms of being a great NFL football player. Done. Money, he's got tons of it. His wife's got more of it. They're all set. They don't yeah. need it. Yeah. So on one hand, if you were like a hedge fund manager and, and, and Tom Brady was one of your assets, you'd say there's only downside, right? Because right now, even though he didn't go to the Super Bowl and win, he was in the playoffs and he was ranked first in like four of the top and you know quarterback categories. So he's on a high. So there, the only way there's upside to him coming back in the league, the only way is if he goes to the big game and wins the whole thing. And the odds are s- yeah. very slim that that's going to happen. So it boils down to ego. His ego will not let him stop. The feeling that you get yeah. when you walk onto a field yeah. and huh. 70,000 people are fucking cheering for you and you're the greatest, that feeling is probably more powerful than any drug that anyone can find and yeah. he wants more of it. What's funny is, yeah, you know what? There's that's definitely you know, you're probably absolutely correct yeah, on that one. But there you go. but but you know, but the other thing that's funny is like 
I don't know. I'm older than Tom Brady. You're older than Tom Brady. We haven't operated <laughs> on that stage, right? And our that he has. Yes, this is true. You know. Yeah. And but you know what, man? Like, it's so funny because I'm at the point in my life where I I just want to walk in the door and have my daughter. Uh, be the 70,000 screaming fans or my wife be, ah, you know, I like and I, I want to deliver for them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and so when I, when I see him come back, I go, what more do you got to do? Like, when do you actually start taking away from the family? When is it like, Hey, you know, we're, we're working around your, 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 your kale salads all the time now. Like, let's go do some other things. Let's explore some other stuff in life. Daddy, I like, want ketchup in the know. house. Yeah, whatever, yeah, you know? Yeah, the guy doesn't need fucking ketchup. That, that's, that's, the one piece, that's one piece I was thinking about. It's like, when he, when he announced that, I was like, that's cool. Okay, here we go. No excuses. That guy just wants to compete. I feel a little motivated here. Then I'm like, I wonder if his family is just kind of, you know, sitting at the table and his place is, is, is you know, his plate's there, but no food on it. And, they're, and, the, and the, he's out at the practice field. <laughs> they're talking about what happened that I, day. I really doubt that that's the scene. And you know what? I, there was rumors that, like, she was pissed and whatever else. Think about it. When you're at that level of wealth, you can make any schedule work. So he's living yeah. in Tampa Bay. He's probably got a bomb house down there. And how long is the season, really? The season is... Uh, late July, early August through whenever you're kicked out of the playoffs. All right. So we're talking about what? Five months. So for five months, Giselle has got to live with the fact that her husband is going to be traveling. Well, guess what? She and the kids can travel with him no matter where they go. She's, they're going to be there. So I think that they probably talked it over and she was probably like, you know what? Why the fuck not? Like get him the fuck out of the house a little bit. I bet there's a nanny, there's a cook, there's all kinds of help. I doubt there's a plate, a plate with the an empty plate setting for for Tom Brady at any point in time. I think he's fine. <laughs> well, he's all right, so we, we I think we figured that one out. We we've solved the problem. All right. all right, now this is going to be a controversial one, and I'm I'm going to apologize right up front to you and to everyone else listening uh, that this might offend. And I and I know there's going to be people that it, it rubs the wrong way. But but I need to I need to flush it out. I need to make sure that everyone understands the scourge that we've got on our hands here. Now, you recently purchased a new vehicle. Is that correct? Yes, you did, and you bought a Jeep, I believe. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Now, is that Jeep a Jeep Wrangler? Yes. Ah, okay. So <clears throat> here's here's what I want to talk about. There's this stupid thing that Jeep owners do, right? Uh, and that's when you're driving down the road and you see somebody else. Now here's the thing. It's gotta be a fucking Jeep Wrangler. It can't be a Cherokee (laughs) or any of the other things. And they all do this stupid queer, like two finger wave, you know, or they give the surfs up sign or they give the whatever. And it's like, Oh, I got a, I got a Jeep too. And it's like, they are instantly in this club. Now you could be waving at a white supremacist. You could be waving at somebody who beats his kids. You could be waving at a bank robber. You could be waving at a total alcoholic who's a terrible person, but because they got a Jeep and they're driving around in a goddamn Wrangler, the Jeep wave is something that is acceptable. And it's this stupid club. It's like Jimmy Buffett fans. I'm sorry, but if you're a fan of Jimmy (laughs) Buffett, you got to fucking hang it up. Jimmy Buffett is in the McDonald's of the music industry. Have you ever been to one of his concerts? He's got the stupid, it's all the same songs. Everyone's doing the same fucking movements. Everyone's wearing a goddamn Aloha shirt. Everybody's out in the fucking parking lot wearing lays and showing their tits. And it's just the same stupid people that drive around these fucking Wranglers and wave like idiots. Hi, I got a Jeep too. 
So I, I'm, I'm imploring everybody out there, if you own a Jeep Wrangler, you can make a difference. You can put an end to this bullshit. The next time some idiot gives you a wave, don't wave back. In fact, give them the finger. Say, fuck you to your Jeep wave. Fuck the Jeep wave. It needs to stop. It's an absolute atrocity. Why is there no... Listen, if you're driving a boat on the water and you want to give somebody a wave, different story. You're defying the laws of physics. You're cruising along the water. It's totally different. You're riding a motorcycle... Same thing. You want to give the low sign to all motorcycles, not just some motorcycles, all motorcycles. But if you're driving, God forbid, a Ford Taurus or you're driving a Toyota Highlander and you try to wave to anybody else, you're not going to get a wave back. You'll only get a wave if you're driving a Jeep Wrangler and you wave to another person in a Jeep Wrangler. And I think it's absolute dog shit. It's another system that's designed to break people down and it needs to end. And I'm asking all of you Jeep owners, please... First, destroy all your Jimmy Buffett music, and then stop doing the Jeep wave. This is a passionate plea, and I feel as though if you focus this level of energy on, say, like, Ukraine, (laughs) (laughs) we might actually have made progress in the last few weeks, because never have I heard a more impassioned plea over a small club of people who really enjoy um, the the things in life that make them happy. Like you're a, uh, you're an enemy of the state and you might, you and I bet you're one of those people where you're probably fucking doing this right oh. now from a Jeep oh and God. you know, like, like you're doing this from a Jeep right now and just one of those people that doesn't want to admit it. And, uh, and then, you know, you castigate uh, a large group of the population, you point them out yep. and you shit on them. That's and then right. when you go home at night, you sit in your garage and I crank the garage door open just with the garage door open just an inch. So you don't kill yourself and you run the car <laughs> and you practice the wave and you have a cheeseburger <laughs> while you listen to cheeseburger in paradise. Uh, oh God. That's probably if, what happened. If any of that were true. Uh, no, and, and obviously the, the Jimmy Buffett uh, shrapnel that came out of that was unintentional. Yeah. And, uh, and look, I, some, one of my dearest, dearest friends is the biggest Jimmy Buffett fan, and he's been a fan forever. So I don't disparage anybody for their musical taste. I really don't. That was just – it came out of me. I didn't mean. Yeah, that's that's the problem. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I don't know what happened to you in a parking lot of a Jeep sideswiped you, but like I own a Jeep, and um, I've, owned, I've only owned two cars in the last over 20 years uh-huh. and they both been Jeeps and they were different parts of my life. So I buy a Jeep, but I, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a fan of the Jeep wave. So Thank I'm not you, a Jeep Judd. person. Thank the you. Jeep wave. Now it's a great marketing ploy for them. There you go. There you go. I'm not a fan of the Jeep wave. I am a, uh, I'm not somebody who conforms. I don't like that kind of shit. Now, the only time I ever used the Jeep wave for some, my daughter, somebody told my daughter, She's seven about the Jeep wave. So okay. she loves the idea that somebody may wave. So whenever we see a Jeep, she's like, dad, there's a Jeep. There's a Jeep. They're going to wave. Dad, they didn't wave. Dad, they didn't wave. Or dad, they waved. Or dad, you got to wave. So like she loves the idea that you can communicate with people okay. and other similar cars with handshakes. So for her, quite a novelty. So I'm looking over my shoulders right now. I have flashed the Jeep wave before for the benefit of my daughter. Take well, that's different. That's different. That is totally, yeah. totally different. I mean, we're talking about right, a, take, a young child. 
Yeah, totally. So I'm gonna tell you a quick story about my first Jeep. I, I bought it. I used to live in Fort Lauderdale, Florida back in like 2002 to 2005. Okay. And when I got down there, you know, um, being a New England guy, once I moved to Florida, I went, holy shit, man. I, now I realize how conservative New England is. Like Florida is just like wild down here when you live there. Like anything goes. I'm like, okay, I'm getting a Jeep. So I looked and looked for a Jeep, tried to find a Jeep, and I wanted an old Jeep, and I just wanted to be beat up and something I could have fun in. Yep. You know, so at the time, I'm probably like 20, I don't know, seven or eight. And um, I ended up finally finding a Jeep. It was a 1994 Jeep Wrangler. It was 2002 I bought it. And uh, it was red. It was a little beat up. But it was perfect. So I ended up buying it off this guy who was a tennis pro. He was from Sweden. He moved to the U.S. to live in Florida to be a tennis pro. And he sure. was, and I, I'm happy saying this, one of the most beautiful, handsome Swedish men you'll ever see living in Australia being a tennis pro working at a tennis club. I mean, this guy was. I can picture he it. Knew exactly, he knew exactly what he was in Florida for, and it wasn't tennis, you know. But tennis was his, his vehicle, right, yep. to, to get what he wanted. And he was half living the life. So I end up finding the, 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 the guy, get the Jeep. He says, hey, come to my um, condo. Uh, and this is, you know, east coast of Florida. So my wife and I, we go pick up the Jeep. She, you know, we drove there. She, she had a car. She drove me there. So we go into his condo. He's like, invites us in, go into the condo. And right when he opens the door, it was like, you know, the slow motion, uh, wind blowing the hair back. And my wife was like, wow, does he come with the Jeep? You know, and it was just like... You know, we were both like mesmerized by this guy and he was Swedish yep. and he's like, I'll get you the paperwork. And he tells us this long and passionate story about how sad it is to give up the Jeep. And the reason why he's selling it is because he needs to pay his lawyer because his lawyer helped him get his green card. And his dream was to come to America, be a tennis pro in Florida and own a Jeep. Wow. So basically I was stealing his dream. And so we go into his condo. He goes into his bedroom to get the title and all this stuff. We're sitting there and I start laughing because Julie's like, oh, look at his condo. He's a total bachelor. And he, I start laughing and she's like, what are you laughing at? And I point down, he had a coffee table. It's one of those coffee tables with like panes of glass on the top of it. Yeah. And underneath the panes of glass were piles of porn mags. <laughs> <laughs> those fucking Swedes, man. Those goddamn He walks Swedes. out. He walks out and he starts talking to us. I look down and start laughing. He was so embarrassed, you know, and then he starts cleaning them all up. Anyway, that was, that was how we bought the Jeep. And then oh, when I bought Jesus. it, I, I, uh, I bought a, um, a gear shifter, you know, to put on the, uh, you know, I bought like a, ha like a, you know, like a little handle yeah, to put yeah, on the gear yeah. shifter yeah. and it said steel horse across the top. So, um, and I had a custom made, so it, I, I, that was the name of my Jeep, the steel horse. And then on the back of it, I screwed on a bottle opener, and um, and then I ripped out all the seats. I ripped out the rugs. I cut you know I cut the, the seat belts out of the back, and took the top off. And I would just drive it around, and I would let it rain in the jeep, and um, uh, and it would just like go right through the floor. It was a total beach, you know, beer wagon. Uh, it was it was awesome. I loved it. I ended up when I moved to Australia, I sold it to my buddy. And he said, what do you want for it? And I said, okay, I want a six-pack of Miller Genuine Draft, Miller High Life, Miller High Life, Champagne of Beers. Yep. I want uh, two blue CDs, um, and that's it. So when he came to get it, he was wearing a hat, baseball hat. That was a New Hampshire hat. I said, I want that too. I said, how much money do you have in your pocket? <laughs> take that. And he said, I got $1.46 in my pocket. I said, I'll take that too. 
So I, I sold it for two CDs, $1.46, a six-pack of the champagne of beers and a hat. Damn. And um, he still has it. No shit. That was like, what, 14 he years ago, 15 it. years ago? Yeah, 2005 <clears throat> I sold it to him. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Still well, has it. And it's in some weird, small way that hot Swedish tennis pro's dream is still alive. <laughs> I don't see it. I, and, and, and another rando in, in uh, Florida is driving it around. Damn. I, so wait, did that guy, so did that guy have to, the tennis pro, did he go back to Sweden? I don't know what happened to him. We, we lost touch immediately after I signed the papers. Uh, it was you know, we're, we're pleasant to each other. Right. We talked about maybe keeping in touch. I told him I'd take care of the Jeep. And as soon as I walked out the door, I mean, that was basically it. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's interesting. I, you know, look, and, and again, I apologize to Jimmy Buffett fans and um, to all those uh, Swedish tennis stars that have broken dreams. Um, the name of your dream killer is Judd. That's who it is. Um, all right, Judd. So what, it's your turn. Uh, we've we've got time for one more topic each. What's yours? Okay, um, I'm gonna. I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about something that kind of happens at my my home often. I'm uh, I'm pretty much the cook in the house. Okay. And um, yeah. And uh, my daughter loves pancakes. What kid doesn't? Okay. Right. She loves pancakes. I make them all the time. My daughter is, I try to experiment and give her all kinds of different types of pancakes. Uh-huh. She is dead set on pancakes, no syrup, with chocolate chips from the side Ooh. so she can make a chocolate chip burrito. Smart kid. Smart kid. What really gets me there is the pancakes, no syrup. Are you a no syrup pancake eater or do you have to have syrup on your pancakes? It's actually an excellent question. And I think that the side of chocolate chips is the key to the answer. So if we're talking uh, pancakes with chocolate, I'm no syrup. If we are talking plain pancakes without chocolate, I am definitely syrup. The problem with chocolate chips and syrup is that it becomes too sweet, at least for me. I think that if you have a well-made pancake with, I don't even like the butter. I just, a, a well-made pancake with a little bit of yeah, syrup, you're good. No butter. You add the chocolate chips in there or any kind of chocolate, anything, and then you put syrup on and it becomes, I just feel like I'm eating diabetes. You know what I mean? Like it's just, there's too much going on for, from a sweet perspective. Now, I'm probably in the minority because a lot of people are probably like, no way, load it up. But I, I see where your daughter's coming from because the chocolate's enough of a sweetener that you don't need the syrup. Now, would you rather have the chocolate chips cooked into the pancake or on the side? What do you think's better? <clears throat> well, it, you know, it's funny. When I said smart kid, I, I was like, why didn't I think of that? I've never tried the burrito method of chocolate infusion into a pancake. I've only ever had um, chocolates into the pancake, and that is my preferred method. But again, I can't say for sure that I would like it better or worse than the rolled up version like a tostada because I feel like that has got mm. some merit. So based on my experience, I like them cooked in the pancake, but I might have to experiment this weekend and, and see what it's like to make a chocolate pancake burrito. Yeah, she's very happy when she eats them. So if she's any indication, you might want to try that. Gonna- I have um, I have taken to using the pancakes now as like two pieces of bread and uh, I'm making breakfast sandwiches with them. Okay. 
Okay, so you're. Okay, I think so you should try that. Now, now that's that's interesting. So you're talking about two pancakes, then you're talking about eggs, bacon, cheese, or no cheese. Eggs, maybe some avocado, maybe some bacon. No cheese, not a big fan. But yeah. I try to mix it up and throw something in there. So the pancakes have now become containers for the other food that I enjoy. Yeah. It's like a nice little piece of sweet bread that's got nice fluffy texture. And what a great idea. I think so. And I think that uh, I think you might want to try that. And anybody else that's listening, uh, you know, if you're hungry for pancakes one morning, don't be afraid to slide in some savory ham, maybe. Okay. Uh, you know, right. Or, uh or, you know, go crazy and um, use them for lunch and put some turkey and cheese in it and make a real sandwich. All right. Now, let's go back to the pan- the true pancakes for a second because there's a very uh, important <laughs> distinction we have to make. So when you're talking about maple syrup, are we talking about mm. Vermont-made fake that tastes good but that's fake maple syrup? Or are you talking about, like, actual, real, grade A wow. from a tree maple syrup? It has to be the real deal. I mean – you know, as yeah, New Englanders, sure. you have to get the real deal. You can't. But, you know, I remember reading an article probably about good three, four years ago. Man, the maple syrup industry, that's a racket. Like, that's oh. a big deal. There's actually I mean, a it, Netflix documentary on the uh, maple syrup cartel in Canada. It's a, people get yeah, murdered over it. I've yeah. never seen that. Yeah, I've never. But I read the article. I was like, man, this is crazy business. It's really serious. Like, oh, yeah. you know, you got a tree in your backyard. One night you go to bed, you're like going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to get some fresh syrup. Next day, you got a big hole there. Somebody just uprooted it. Oh, yeah. I'll just take your syrup. And if you know, think about it. When you go to the grocery store the next time and you go to the syrup section, the bottles are small, right? They're they're like little tiny, like four, six, seven ounce bottles, and they're like $9, $10, $12. So when you compare a liquid to liquid, you know, look at a nice bottle of wine. You get yeah. a full bottle, yeah. and it's like maybe, you know, for a good full bottle – you want to go a little bit cheap one night, 15, 16, you can get a decent bottle for 15 or 16 bucks at the store, but you can't get that same weight in syrup for less than like 30. So it, it's, it's yeah. a high, it's a high markup item too. It's a really weird thing because I think everybody has their passions and everybody or, and or they like to sound like they know what the fuck they're talking about. That's true. So whether it's bourbon, balsamic vinegar or, or fucking syrup, everyone has a point of view on, you know, uh, hey, look, oh, this syrup here, I can taste the um, stem of the leaf in here because it has a certain quality. You know, it's nuts. You know, the people can get, you know, second that cigars, anything. Yeah, no, it's it's so true. Um, you know, I, I there used to be, a re- you probably know it because you used to spend summers in Rye. There was a place called the Golden Egg. Remember the yeah, Golden yeah. Egg? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they used to do pancakes the right way. They would give you the syrup on the side. You can't put it on there because it gets all soppy and soupy. You got to put it on the side. Let the person put it on, and then they would have this beautiful arrangement of like a shaved and cut apple with some fruit, and they'd put that on the side too. So it makes you pretend like you're being healthy. Um, Pancakes—they're a very versatile food, and if you meet someone that doesn't like pancakes, don't trust them. That's the bottom yeah, line. Yeah, and that was – the golden egg was uh, was in between the bridge and the um, uh, gas station, right? That's like right it. on the side of the road. Exactly. Yeah, we went there together. Yeah. They had really good blueberry pancakes. They sure – they had good everything. And uh, I think they are still open, but they're not nearly as busy as they used to be. But that place used to line them up. There would be a, an hour wait for breakfast like 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah, that, that's uh, you know, a good thing they made it through you know COVID. A lot of businesses like that went out. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. Portsmouth got – 
decimated. The people that figured out how to do takeout food and outside dining um, made it. The people that didn't figure that out or were undercapitalized to start with and were basically just going weekend to weekend, they, they didn't make it. So, you know, you know, what's funny about that is I, I, uh, during the, you know, when everybody was in lockdown for whatever it was, 12 years or something, I know, right. Um, we, uh, um, we didn't, we didn't order in once. Like I made dinner every night. Wow. And, um, yeah, every night. And you avoided uh, putting on like 15 pounds. That's for sure. Yeah, totally. But, but it was really kind of nice, you know, because I learned to appreciate a little bit more about cooking, how to use certain things and, you know, spices and, you know, you know, just a little bit more of the science of it. It was really enjoyable. It was a great family time. Yeah. And that's I, honestly where I perfected the, the pancakes. I think I made pancakes for Lucinda like, you know, every other day. I think that there is really something to the energy of the person creating your meal with how it ends up coming out and tasting and reacting to your body. Like if you're in a restaurant where the kitchen's happy and they've got fresh ingredients and they're taking care and it's like they're preparing it properly and they're in good moods and the music's playing and they're all having a great time doing that, you're going to have a better meal both initially and when it, how it reacts to your body than if you go to, you know, some shitty fast food place like McDonald's where people are shooting up you know, whatever in the back room and they're all, you know, you know, dirty and smelly and the, and the ingredients are garbage and it's killing the rainforest. Like, oh, I think we just lost Judd. We're going to have to call him back. Hold, please, everybody. This, this happens, you know, with a, with a live podcast. It, it, it takes place from time to time. I'm back. That was I'm back. Like, I no, think, that it's all about a live show. It, it's the way it happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's really funny. I, I, you, you were just kind of saying like going to McDonald's, have people shooting up. We, we still have people shooting up at our house while I make dinner. It's just, <laughs> it's at home. And, you know, it kind of feels a little more secure and a little more comfortable. And, and I'm in my slippers. Well, so, it's a safe space. You know, space. it can go both ways. Yeah, it's a safe yeah, space. Yeah, it's, it's a safe space to shoot up. All right, so we are on the last topic, and I'm going to give you a choice. I'm going to let you pick. Okay. There are There's either a topic about um, when artists fall from grace, um, oh, my thought on where uh, the metaverse, which is the new uh, oh, boy. evil yeah, creation of, uh, of Zuckerberg, is going. Uh, I've got a question about... Um, uh, something to do with where you went to college, okay? And then I've got oh a, I've got a question about um, capitalism, or I've oh. got a, um, uh, a another kind of generic question that will doesn't really have much of a title to it. So, of all those, which well, one would you like to hear about? Well, I mean, first of all, I think you should probably edit this podcast and put some of the more interesting stuff up front. Uh, like, <laughs> well, hey, look, maybe the next sports time. thing, the sports. The sports thing wasn't as exciting as some of these other. Now, I'll, I'll, everything. I, I, I'd love to talk about the metaverse uh, and just make fun of it. Okay. Um, I'm interested in the comment about the uh, place I went to college, but fucking nothing excites me more than uh, an absolutely vague description of something that could be a nothing. So the the last thing you talked about, the generic thing that doesn't have a title, man, that sounds like a good door number three. Uh, but I'm gonna let I'm gonna uh, let you pick. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna save us all. Um, I, I'm not gonna pick the generic one because it was more of a, a of a 
joke. It was a song lyric turned into a question, and it's stupid. So we're going to leave that one alone. Um, I, I will, however, since you brought it up first, I'm going to go with where your brain went first, which is the metaverse. And okay. so, first of all, I think, you know, Facebook is, in my opinion, in my humble, humble opinion, I think that there's more bad coming from Facebook than there is good. I think that there's a place yeah. for it. I think that you can craft it. You can make it your own thing, whatever. But I think that ultimately it's a net negative on the balance sheet of life. Um, and okay. Zuckerberg, no doubt, smart guy, innovative forward thinking, but he's becoming weirder and weirder as time goes on. And now this metaverse thing is completely off the rails. But then I started thinking, okay, a guy like that with the market cap of a company like Meta doesn't just go out and put all of his poker chips on something like the metaverse without a plan on where it's going, right? So think about this. It's a little bit dark, but I think that there's people that would gobble this shit up, and I think this is where he's going. So imagine, so I've never tried VR glasses, but the metaverse is supposed to be for VR, right? So you put these things on and you're walking around. Now imagine a situation, uh, we've all, everybody who's listening in our studio audience, everybody, we've all lost loved ones. Um, They pass away, it happens, it's part of life. But imagine a situation where you put on your VR goggles, you go to the metaverse, and in that metaverse, you can walk down the street and you can walk into your grandfather's house and you can see a virtual uh, version of your grandfather who's got, who looks like him, who talks like him, who has all the same passions, who has basically got his whole personality identity downloaded into a spot on some random array uh, on a sand storage, you know, cloud someplace. And it's almost as if, you're talking to the best version of your grandfather that you can ever talk to aside from the real deal who's no longer with us. And right now that would seem really weird because it'd be hard to boot that from the start. But if you start collecting somebody's interest and intellect and uh, mannerisms and their body language and their jokes and you start to kind of feed it's all data and you feed enough data into the metaverse you could have in 20 years time a pretty you know a pretty interesting conversation with a virtual facsimile of anyone that you might have known that has passed away and then expand that even further and say I want to talk to Elvis Presley. I want to talk to fucking John Lennon. I want to talk to somebody else. I think where he's going, because the market is getting older, everybody's getting older, the boomers are never going to fucking die, we're stuck with them forever, they're going to be around forever and ever, and people are going to continue to get older. Well, people are going to want to continue to have that 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 connection, that personal connection to the people in their lives, and Think about it. What do you have? You have home movies. You have pictures. You have journals. You go through and you look at these pictures. Oh, remember when he did this? Remember that story? Well, imagine if instead of having to look at a picture book or look at a video from when you went to, uh, you know, Hawaii with your grandfather, you could strap on the goggles and go down, you know, memory lane and go talk to your grandfather instead. I personally wouldn't do that, but I'm telling you right now, there's a lot more people that would. And I think that in the back of that lizard person's mind, who is Mark Zuckerberg, he's thinking, how do I monetize people's sense of loss? How do I monetize 
the sense of yearning for always wanting to be next to that person that I can't be next to anymore. And it's easy for me to sit here and say, well, I wouldn't do that. But at the same time, you know, I lost my uncle this year. Uh, I lost my stepmother this year. And I definitely would, I probably would give it a shot just to see what it was like. It's not the real thing. You know, it's not going to be the real thing, but people tug at their heartstrings all the time. And I think that's where it's going. And let's just say for a moment, that's where it's going. I want to get your opinion on that. If it actually happens. Wow. You know what? Okay. I think Mark Zuckerberg has reached the point where what the premise of what you're saying is built on um, preying on people's uh, deepest emotions uh-huh. and to make money. So I think that is probably the uh, reality <laughs> of, of that, that underpins your, your, your theory on where Facebook is going, yeah. whether or not it materializes the way that <laughs> you think it does. But I, but I think like, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a, a far leap from where it is today, just in terms of using, um, your data to elicit emotion from you. Yeah. And today maybe it's through groups that, you know, you're involved in a Facebook. Like I, I fucking can't stand Facebook. There's a lot of, um, you know, uh, bumper sticker blowhards on there that just like to beat their chest and, you know, and, 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 and get people to just, you know, comment back on them and uh-huh. love their crazy talk. So, you know, I think, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a far leap from, from where it is today. I'll tell you what's funny is when you, when you mentioned that to me, I was thinking right away, man, oh, wow, that's interesting. I bet you anything to roll this out, they would probably start with dead pets because, you uh, you know, because you don't have to be as perfect with it because a lot of dogs look alike. But, you know, Grandpa Joe and Grandpa Steve from different families will will be totally different. And then I thought, fuck, this is is Pet Cemetery. And people are just going to go try to bury, take their Facebook, uh, take their their grandfather to the Micmac burial ground and try to have him return two days later. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, and it, but I think, you know, it is a horror story. It's a horror story. That's what it is with Facebook. And I don't think that guy has, he has to like try to figure out what's the most obnoxious and extreme thing I can do to make it look like I'm visionary. Like, because where do you take that thing? So I don't know, man, that's kind of fucking creepy. I don't even know how to sell that, but I bet you people would buy it. People would buy it too. I mean, I think it's one of those ideas where when you first hear it, you're like, oh, that's gross. Who would do that? That's so weird. But it's like, it's not that much. First of all, we get a lot of weird people in this country, in this world, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that much weirder than a lot of this shit. And I think you just made a point that I hadn't even thought of pets. <clears throat> pets are the perfect yeah. place to start because you you yeah. don't have to worry about the voice. You don't have to worry exactly. about what they would say, right? I mean, it's it's a lot to download a personality, but to, to download a dog's personality, it's mostly like, how does it tilt its head? How does it bark? How does it That's move? Right. How does it sit? How does I it I think bed? he starts with pets. Right? He yeah. starts with pets. And, and I'll tell you another thing, like, I, and if he does, I've already had this idea because we had dogs for a long time. We yep. had two King Charles Cavalier Spaniels. One lived like 13 years. The other one, 11. Great dogs. And um, they're great dogs. And, you know, they were, they were like little family members. Yep. And I always told my wife, she's like, oh, I'll be sad when they die. I'm like, look, don't worry. When they die, I'm going to have them stuffed. And then um, <laughs> as and because they laid around the couch all the time. And I was like, look, I'll just have them stuffed with like some cotton or something. And uh, it's, they're just going to be like throw pillows. And then you can always lay with the dog and the kid. You can watch a, oh a, a movie on Netflix. Oh, my God. 
put what put little put little Raffi underneath your head, and um, uh, you'll always be next to her. And then we can always drop her in the wash, and uh, she'll always have the same dumb expression on her face. She won't shit. I, won't I was going to say there's no morning. shit to pick up. There's no food to buy. It's not a no bad shedding. Yeah, and it's like it's like hey, taxidermy industry needs a shot in the arm. Make turn your dead pets into cuddly. Uh, uh, comfort friends. Fido, that's, stay. That's what you should do. Stay. Good totally. dog. Good dog. Right. Totally. It'd be like, oh, we're, hey, we're going on a vacation. Um, <laughs> oh, let me, I don't have to bring the dog to the kennel. I can just put it in my carry-on. Food's in the cabinet. You help yourself. You know, don't have yeah. any parties. Yeah, totally. The dog could last forever after that. There's $20 on the counter for pizza, but don't order more than that. No, but it's dead. It's on the couch. No. So... <laughs> The concept of it eating I know. or actually yeah. ordering something. Right. Okay. I was, right. I was pretending That's, as if you were leaving and there was a teenager, you know, it was just, you know, just riffing a little bit. No, 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 no. It's, it's the, the dead dog. That's right. With it's its still skin the dead dog. stuffed with something. Oh God. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, on, on that cheery, wonderful visual, um, I, I want to say that we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, we, we, we've talked about, uh, sports stars um how they become annoying how they are, are disenfranchising their uh their fan base by being prima donnas and being greedy and uh we've talked about what drives somebody like tom brady we've talked about um the inane manner with which uh people wave to each other because they have a certain vehicle we talked about mm-hmm. how awful jimmy buffett is we talked about stuffing dead dogs um we we talked about um uh, zuckerberg and, and his quest for for always being uh in front of where the emotions of of the populace will be uh i i think we did a lot of good here we talked about pancake burritos we talked about um, the importance of utilizing pancakes to the fullest, but not overdoing it with too much sugar. I, I mean, it, when you talk about solving world problems, I'm not sure how you could ask for anything more than the last 48 minutes. Yeah, I, I, I would say so. And the interesting thing, like we did do, you know, we talked about a lot. I, I think the real question um, that only the universe could answer is mm-hmm. anybody actually going to fucking listen? Uh, so oh, yeah. um, I, I just I just don't know. Well, I can I, I'll I'll can give you the analytics. I mean, we we actually oh, uh, yes, we've been doing pretty well. We have you know sometimes more than single digits. Um, you know, but takes a couple. I got to get my aunt to listen, and I got to get you know a few other people. Like there's an old folks home down the way. I go and I play it. That counts as one. So there'll be a couple. All I want to do well, is I, I, I want to find a Jimmy Buffett fan to listen to this. That's all I care about. This has been the best 40, 49 minutes I've spent in a very long time. So yeah. I always love talking to you. There you go. And, and the audience here, you should see them. They are standing on their feet. They can't get enough of it. Heading uh, for the door. They've got flags with, with uh, burrito pancakes. <laughs> Judd, thank you so much for joining us. And until the next episode of You're Probably Absolutely Correct – uh, that's it. God bless and good night. Thank you, Judd. All right, brother. Bye. Take care, man. All right, see ya.